Episode 9, Pintar Podcast. Got Cousin Joey coming back. No real baseball, obviously, to talk about right now. And in the spirit of what uh, the country is doing right now in quarantine, we select our all-time starting lineup, starting nine, plus DH and starting pitcher and relief pitcher, our all-time quarantines. Also, we run down our top five baseball movies of all time, each of us. Was a lot of fun. Hope everybody enjoys the listen. Man, I cannot make it much longer without real baseball. I cannot. I, I don't know if the, if this virus doesn't kill me. They're talking about killing young people. This virus does not kill me. No baseball in 2020, or even no baseball till July. Will certainly. I never envisioned a life without that. So, hey, we light the torch tonight for the game we all love—the greatest game on earth. And in the meantime, if you're listening, make sure you guys are following things and, t- and taking things seriously. You know, not to get on a uh, a political rant of any type, but do your part. You know, do your part for the guy next to you. Be a good teammate because right now we're all in this together. We're all each other's teammate, and this is a chance for our world and our country to certainly unite. So, you know, live by that old rule, like, just don't be a dick. You know, do your part. Our grandparents were called to war. We're being called to sit on the couch and not spread germs. It shouldn't be that damn hard, people. Seriously, occupy your time with something. Stay healthy. Tell people you love, you love them. And I think if we do that, my personal opinion, I think we're going to be out of this mess a lot sooner. So, anyways, sit back, relax, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I send you good thoughts. We will be out of this soon. This is episode 9 of the Pine Tar Podcast. Enjoy, and uh, listen to our all-time team, all-time quarantine selections. What's going on, man? How are you, man? Doing good. So, episode nine, Pine Star Podcast, we decided to uh, draft our all-time quarantine. Since we're both, uh, we have real baseball to really talk about it yet much. And then talk about our favorite uh, baseball movies ever. And uh, you got Cousin Joey joining us again tonight. Drop him a follow if you're listening. Uh, he is... On Twitter now, at, it's at Cousin Joey, but it's Cousin with a Z instead of an S. Exactly. Nice touch. Lots of baseball tweets. Uh, so, I'm going to give you first pick in. Um, we're going to draft a, basically a full starting nine with a DH, a starting pitcher, and a release pitcher. And I did this because... It was like making rounds on Twitter the other day since baseball Twitter has nothing to talk about. Uh, everybody out there was kind of giving their all-time team. Somebody texted me and asked me who I would go with, and a lot of our answers were the same. So I thought if me and you drafted, it would at least force us into some different choices. But, uh, yeah, man, you're up. 
you, uh, you have any ideas who you want with the first pick? No, Mike Trout. You bastard. That was one of the – I was ready to pit it off that because I, I think feeling – I, I think with a guy that young doing what he's already done, I mean, he's posting really amazing numbers, and he's about – and, you know, he's – I mean, just his age is, is insane for, for what he's done at his age. So, getting the first pick, you know, it's it's hard to pass up a guy like that. Yeah, I like it, man. I mean, it's just like – it's easy for guys your age or my age to select him because – I know, in my opinion, you know, three guys come to mind as the greatest ball players. I've it, it was either going to be him or Willie Mays, and well, I, just went with, I just went with Travis, Travis Younger. Guys, I've seen though since I've been alive that I would say are are on the Trout level. You know, would be Griffey, Trout, and then you know Bonds. However you feel about him, but th- those are the three to me that like. So, but and I think Trout, obviously. With you being a few years younger than me, you missed like you missed the best years of Griffey because I remember I how young, you know I was I was like eleven when you, your dad actually was taking me to see Griffey age twenty five in his heyday homering like eight days nine days in a row and so Trout for you is that is that guy so that's a great I, I mean the, the most exciting thing is you know I was alive for Griffey but you know in Griffey's prime my prime you know he was hurt. You know, all those years, his, his entire career basically got completely derailed when he was in Cincinnati. It did, yeah. And, like, it's crazy the numbers, his career numbers he still put up when you factor in that he missed, you know, three to four or five full seasons, you know. So it's absolutely nuts if you look at his numbers. But my pivot, I was ready for you to do that with Trout. And my pivot's pretty easy. I'm going to go with the Mick. I'll take Mickey Mantle, put him as a one of my outfielders here. Pretty self-explanatory choice. Like when people say, who's baseball to you? I mean, I don't think the legend is of him is, is much greater than he actually was. I think he was really that phenomenal. And with all he did to beat himself up all those years, still pretty great. Three-time MVP, locking him down. Good pick, good pick. Um, so that, that gives you Mickey Mantle. So I think... I think next, I got to go Willie May. I, I mean, the, the fact that you left him available right there, I mean, that's you – you might as well just give me the trophy right now because I, I just got two of the best players ever played the game. Well, if you had had say, the first two picks and you had taken Trout and Mantle, I would have gone May. And the other night, actually, when I filled out my all-time choices, he was one of the three outfielders I took. Um, yeah, I mean – Kind of, kind of along the lines of like of his day, he was he was Griffey before Griffey, he was Trout before Trout. I mean, there's looking at his career numbers right now. You know, I mean, it's just uh, he was ahead of his time. Um, man, now we get into some harder stuff. Um, so question for DH: Does he have to be an actual designated hitter? Oh, we no, don't no, no, no. Just, just any bat, just any bat that's left out there. Any that like any offensive player that's left out there, just kind of a a guy you'd have at the spot. But that, you know, that's, that's a good question. Basically, just going off of what people mm-hmm. on Twitter. Okay, um, man, just take just take Cody Bellinger. We know your you know your balls. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Face. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because not only uh, all right, I I think that uh, you know if 
we look at someday if my son digs this podcast up, <laughs> right, uh, and, and he's dusting it off someday, we're I think we're gonna see a guy in Bellinger who's got the chance to be kind of like a second version of Mike Trout. His resume is there. If he puts up another season like he did his rookie year or last year, like it, it, it's all there. He's just gotta just be who he is. All the tools are there. And again, sentimental pick. I, I love watching the guy. He's uh, not as good as it gets in, in, in the NL right now. So I'll, I'll lock him down. I'll make it easy on myself. I need to buy myself some time to think. Obviously. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a starting pitcher route. And uh, I thought about one, that. This is one of the first starting pitchers I ever learned through uh, playing uh, starting lineup. Wars I know who you're going with. I think I'm gonna go with Walter Johnson. Oh, that is not who I thought you were going with, but nice who's call. Going to go with? Probably who I'm going to go with, okay. uh, which it doesn't which it doesn't matter, but I don't want to spoil it because I might file that away. Uh, so Johnson, you know, yeah, you know, he pitched from 1907 to 1927, 417 career wins, uh, won an MVP twice. If you look at his numbers, just look at the innings pitched through, like his. Age 22 to like age 30 season. He was throwing they called like, him the train. Dude, he was throwing 370 innings a year. Like, how did he, how did anyone do that? Um, I'm going to go pitcher two. I'm going to go starting pitcher two. And, and for me, I thought you were going to take Pedro Martinez, who, who came down to this. Pedro, for me, I think at his best in, like, 99-2000 was, like, maybe the most dominant starting pitcher I've seen. But the guy I'm actually going to go with is the guy that really enchants me when I look up some of his old stuff. I'm, and, and it's along, like, your lines. I'm going with Bob Gibson. Okay. Uh, you know, basically brings the attitude. Uh, he won 251 games, pitched his whole career in St. Louis, like – Cy Young's MVP award, uh, pretty much as iconic as it gets for me from the pitcher's spot, and extremely durable. Um, his baseball reference page is pretty, pretty marvelous, man. So I think with my next pick, this is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, this is a guy that I think many believe, you know, you know, died young. I'm going to go with uh, Roberto Clemente. No, I think that's awesome. I think that's a really good pick. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, people forget. You know, he he was 38 when he died, doing a lot of mission trips. But when it came down to his body of work, I mean, the guy the guy retired with a, an average above 300, um, 317, 3,000 hits, 240 bombs. You know, 1,300 RBIs. You know, won an MVP, made 15 All Stars, and you know, he was he was one of the best, better defensive outfielders of yep. the generation. Yeah, the guy could run. He he was like one of the first. Uh, five tool guys, and I, you know, I read two of his autobiographies. And like back then, he, the Latin players, they took a lot of shit because they were really flashy, and he was one of the first guys to kind of play the game with the a little bit, of, yeah, with a little bit Flair. of like flash player, yeah. And I mean, that's that's come to be how we like it now. And uh, Roberto took a lot of crap for that, and I've seen some of his throws from the track to third or home, and yeah, he was he, he was that's a, a he, great pick. He, he was he was very Vlad Guerrero esque, very much, yeah, and really a great pick. And he's a guy too that like he cared about being a good hitter and not striking out. 
because I think if he would have sacrificed some power, some contact for power, like he would have hit 300 or, you know, maybe between three and 400 homers, but he wanted to be a good hitter, you know, and he used all the field. And actually in one of his autobiographies, he talked about how he made uh, Orlando Cepeda a, a pretty, he took him from being kind of a garbage hitter to using the whole field and turned him into an all-star type player, you know, so great pick man. Like that makes it tough on me because I would have liked to have had him out there. Um, so this guy might surprise people because there's so many directions you can go. There's been so many great third basemen, but I really thought he was – I got to watch him. I think he was an all-time great. I'm going to go with Chipper Jones at, uh, okay. at third. I mean, switch hitter. Uh, clearly, we're not, clearly, clearly we're not picking good guys because Chipper Jones is under on the dick around baseball, so – no, I don't care about good guys. I, I just, you know what? In fact, I don't want good guys. I want give me your, give me your grinders, give me your assholes, give me the guys who, who who like Chipper. I think he left, I think he left his wife for a Hooters waitress. That said, Hooters waitress notwithstanding, he won an MVP in his age 27 season, uh, hit 303 lifetime. You know what's surprising when I pull his page up? I forgot that he didn't get 3,000 hits. He didn't get there. I thought he had 3,000 hits. He did have 468 homers, but, um, you know, I, I think of him as a Hall of Famer, you know, but he retired age 40, and he doesn't have, like, lifetime OPS of 930, and the defense he played down there hitting switch hit is what I love. But um, it's funny because all the hallmark numbers that everybody says, like, he doesn't have it. But early in his career, too, he was stealing bags and, Dude was just a grinder. I, I liked him. I liked how he played, but he was a dick. So I'm going to go with probably the, the greatest player of, of my generation, uh, very underrated. I'm going to go with Miguel Cabrera. People forget how good he was until the, until the hip surgery got to him. I mean, the guy won a triple crown. Guy would have easily gone down as the greatest player of our generation. I mean, dude's still going to get 500 home runs, 3,000 hits. Yeah. Career average above 315, but if those hips, if, if those hips and those injuries didn't get to him early, you know, t- towards the end of his career, God only knows, you know, what could have been. Yeah, and you're putting him at first. Correct. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's 23 away from 500, so obviously he had this bullshit with the virus not happen. He could have been a few weeks away I mean, from starting they- to pack away at that. They they said he he came into camp looking the best he's looked in years, and that was the best man. Yeah, he really does. I mean, if you look at him, he looks he looks you know twenty eight, twenty nine again from, and I think that that's so cool to see because he's done it all. He's got really nothing left to to play for, but he's taking it serious, and that's a great call, man. I mean, there, there was nobody from an offensive standpoint more feared than him over the last couple decades, and I'm going to kind of follow suit with a guy who I've debated with a lot of people. I've said, would you would you rather have Miguel Cabrera in his prime, or would you rather have my the guy I'm going to put at first? Albert Pools. I'm you going to put dirty, Albert Pools. You dirty dog. Well, were you thinking about putting him somewhere else? No, um, I, I got a no. I, I actually got um, I, I got somebody else in mind. I think. Um, you know, going through this list, I think, you know, my next pick's very under the radar, and I'm surprised. Before you say it, let me just say, when I saw Pujols, I actually lived with you during the greatest age of Pujols. Uh, you were a pretty young guy, 
And it was like 2000. Well, him and Cabrera broke onto the scene the same year. Yeah. And when I, when I, around when the Bulls was 23, 24, and he hit 359 when I lived at your place one summer. And guy was playing all over the diamonds. Like they would put him in at shortstop. They put him in at third. He played outfield. Um, he would have won three more MVPs, but Bonds won them. Uh, he's won three as it is. And I know he's on fumes right now. But before I shut shut up about him, like he is, he's not a great hitter anymore. But he's still like a run producer. He still knocked in ninety three last year. Like he has six hundred and fifty six home runs. Like yeah, that's steroid free. That's pretty damn incredible. Who you got next, that, man? That we that we know of. Um, I mean, yeah, how do you? Know? How have you not taken the home run king? How have you not taken Hank Aaron? I'm putting Hank Aaron at the DH spot. The fact that that dude is still on the board blows my freaking mind. That's the seal of the draft right there. Mark it down. Putting him at the DH spot. So it's weird. I mean, yeah, he he did. He hit more home runs than anybody. He was a hell of a power hitter. Um, It's just so weird. Like, when you talk about all-time greatness. His name is often forgotten. Yeah. I mean, I talk about guys that were kids when he was playing, you know, when they were 16, say, and he was on TV once a week or they could go to the ballpark and see him. Like, it's weird. He doesn't get the mention of, like, a maze or a, uh, some of the other guys that we've picked. He just doesn't come up, and I'm not sure why that is. Uh, but he he doesn't stick in my mind, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you have him. Um Oh, this is such a tough pick because I there's two guys I want to go with right now. And I, I there's some gr- there's some great there's stuff. some I'm great picking, names left. I'm kicking myself out and took these guys. We've only got sixty seven thousand players left to choose from. So, um, and I hate because I know if I don't take either guy, I don't take. You're going to end up taking, I think. But well, you're kind of you're blocked off, so I'm okay. I'm going to take Ted Williams. As my uh, Damn third it. outfielder. Damn it. That's who I was you, looking at. I was looking at Ted, and I was looking at – You had nowhere to put Ted. I you can't take to... Ted. I can't take Stan, so I'm screwed. Well, it sucks because somebody's going to get left out because, the, uh, you know, we've only got so many spots. But, you know, another guy, man, like lifetime OPS of, uh, you know, Bonzi in 1.116 back in an age when, you know, offense was not – not a huge thing. He ended in 1960. He didn't get 3,000 hits, but he, in my opinion, probably, probably the greatest pure hitter of all time. With with all due respect to Tony Gwynn, I, but I'm happy to get Ted as my final outfielder. For sure, most definitely. Oh God, there's some. I love that we're punting catcher. We're just leaving catcher hanging out there. I mean, you can't really miss on catcher. Um, There's only like one of five or three guys, you know? And like, I think we're both probably thinking in the same direction, so we can leave it. I think relief pitcher is one of the more interesting spots on the board. So many directions to go with. I mean, with third base, you got to go with the Iron Man. Gotta go with Cal. Gotta go with Cal Ripken Jr. I mean, I and it's not. funny. It's funny because you think of Cal as a third baseman, 
And this is what's cool about us. So, so it's, it, it's funny. I was debating because I know he played shortstop because when he retired, Derek Jeter gave, gave up his position in the All-Star game to let Cal yeah. play shortstop. So I was thinking yeah. that. Yeah. I was thinking that. So, but Yeah, my, my childhood, uh, Cal was a shortstop. Your childhood, he was a third baseman. So it's, you know, it kind of shows how baseball, you know, it's a game of generations, you know, and, and you remember him as a third baseman. Now, that's a good pick, man. The, he, who could show up to work that many days? Junior, by the way, Cal Ripken Jr., not Cal Ripken Sr. I, I want the record to show. I'm not picking Billy. I'm not picking Sr. I'm picking Jr. So I struggle so badly with this next one because you mentioned Mutual. And I'm sitting here thinking of I, I want to include DiMaggio, but I've got to I've got to get this guy on my team somehow. I'm going to go with my DH. I'm going to go with Ken Griffey Jr. Um in my opinion, the greatest – I've never seen Mike Trout, but of my lifetime, Junior's the best I've seen with my own eyes. And like I was saying earlier, your dad took me to a game at old Cleveland Stadium when I was 11. And that summer, Griffey had homered in like five straight games, and he, he homered that night. That was like six, and then the next two nights he homered. And he almost tied the baseball record. I think Mattingly had homered in ninth straight. And I think Griffey, like, flew out deep twice, and he ended on eighth straight. But So I saw Griffey at the top of his game. And um, I, I just – I'll leave it at that. Anybody else that saw him, it, he was just – he did it all, man. And, and his maybe the most beautiful swing I've ever seen in his prime. So he's my DH. So I know this pick is going to, you know, upset a lot of the listeners, but – I got to go with Alex Rodriguez at shortstop. Sorry, no, I think it's, it's going to upset a lot. Of, it's going to upset a lot of people, but the dude just hit the shit out of the ball, and I mean, it's it's a guy that you know you can't forget about. Like, yeah, the steroid air is what it is, but he's still. I mean, he was one. Of, he's the reason why he's you know he's one of the biggest reasons why I you know wore thirteen. He's the original thirteen to me, so I I, I had to do it. Is that really the reason? I didn't know that. Yes. I mean, I can't argue with it, man. I think it's a great pick. I saw so many people taking um, Jeter, and that's the obvious pick. That's not I mean, the point. It is just well, the obvious choices. I just don't think that he was a great winner, but he didn't really do anything that great. Um and this it, it, shortstop's tough. You, if you literally go and Google greatest shortstops ever, not one not, list is going to have the same guy. Well, and it's not it's not the deepest spot. Like you know, you see Robin Yount, you see Ernie Banks, you see Ozzie Smith, but it's like I don't know. I'll tell you, the guy I'm comfortable with there is is going to be a surprise. Probably my most surprised pick. I'm going to take Barry Larkin. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure. That's your boy, though. I mean, you grew up watching that kid. Yeah. I mean, Larkin, other than Daryl Strawberry, when I first started watching the game of baseball, again, just a guy that was on top of his game, he's a Hall of Famer. But if you look at his numbers, they're not like jump off the page. But um, two-way guy, like could hit, truly hit, and steal bags and play great defense, great leader, and uh, comfortable with him at short. 
Yeah. I mean, crap, I didn't realize. I forget Ernie Banks. We got the same positions left. Had 500 dingers. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on the limb here. Um, at second base, you know, second base hasn't been known for much power, but you know, for a guy at this position, you know, he hit power, hit for average, got a lot of hits. Let me go with Roberto Alomar. Oh, damn it! That was definitely my second baseman. Yep, Roberto yeah. Alomar. Who yeah. I'm going with it. Who I'm going with. Hey, Pee Wee wow. Reese is still out there though. Oh, gee, thanks. Uh, I'm going to have to pivot. Uh, that was where I was going to head next time. Um, so I'm going to go to catcher. And I'm going to take, you know, oh, man. I'm going to take Mike Piazza. Um, Piazza as a dodger. I didn't want him anyway. No? I Nope. Certainly wasn't the greatest defensive catcher, but in terms of the hitting catchers of my life, I mean, this was back when catchers actually caught every day instead of a, a, a two-catcher system like it is now, if you guys go out there every day. But the guy was one of the last catchers I remember that could carry a team offensively. And, you know, look at the numbers. They're there. He's kind of a modern-day Johnny Bench without the defense. And I'm, I'm happy to lock him down. And when I lock him down, I'm not thinking of Mets Piazza. I'm thinking of Dodgers Piazza in his prime. What about Padre Piazza? There was no. There was a Marlin Piazza. There was no Padre Piazza. He played for the. Played for the Padres. He did he not play bum. for the. Mike Piazza. He if you play for the Padres, you 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 are the owner of this show. If you played for the Padres, I'm looking it up. He did not play for. the Holy shit, he played for the Padres in 2006. <laughs> oh, man, you just won, a, you won the keys to the Lamborghini, dude. Yep, Word. he played for the Padres. I remember he, seeing him play for the Padres. He's sitting behind the diamonds, he's behind home plate. Oh, man, I'll tell you what, I don't remember that. That was 2006, and that was probably the drinkingest year of my life, of my life. And that's why I don't remember that. I, Man, and he wrapped up with the A's. Wow, it's amazing. Wow. Amazing where the time goes. Um, wow. So you've got uh, Pudge. No-brainer. Good call. Pudge. Yeah. It was Pudge. down to him or Johnny Bench or Piazza. Nope. nope. Yadier Molina was going to be my backup. Okay. Maybe sometime we'll do his all-time second team. All right. So we're down to um, – th- then I'm just going to go with the next – this is the guy I've had in my mind – all the way for this spot at closer. And I didn't have to worry about you choosing him because you'll know the name, but he was wrapping up just as you were growing up. Uh, I'm going to go with Dennis Eckersley. And Dude, I know that name. Pitch for yeah. the A's, pitch for the Indians. Come on, I'm not that young. His time during the A's, which ran 87 to 95, um, it was like when he came into the game, it felt pretty much over. Um, definitely my closer and it, you know, closers are weird. They don't stay on top of their game forever. Uh, but he also, they do. the guy you left me does. I know where you're going. He's the few, he's one of the few that stayed on top of his game forever. I'm going with Bob Griffin. No, 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 no. I'm going, I'm going with, and and, and understand Bob Wickman. Who are you going with? (laughs) Marcano Rivera. Tell me real quick, what 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 did Bob Wickman do when we were both in the ballpark together? 
Um, what, what happened? If you, well, he only had he only had three fingers, so I don't think naturally he could flick us off. He didn't flick us off. No, that's Danny Graves. I we were we were. My favorite Danny Graves story was somebody told him to go back to Nam, and that didn't go over too well, with Mr. Graves. No, he was uh, he was uh, from the homeland, and Bob Wickman Bob Wickman gave up a walk off grand slam to Adam Dunn when we were sitting first row. That was on my birthday, you on your one birthday, cracker. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and I want to say it was 2000 and look, look, he should look. Four. He had three fingers. He should have been pitching in the Paralympics. I'm glad you didn't go, Bob Wickman. I, I think Mo Rivera is probably your team is actually kicking my ass because I'm going with all these guys sentimentally um, instead of probably the all-time greats. But you went with Cody Bellinger. That was that's that's how. Well, the jury's out. But you left me with a good name at second base. I consider Ryan Stanberg. I will go. Corey Seager. He plays shorter, or I would. You <laughs> took definitely. I think you took the greatest second baseman of all time. I'm going to go with Ryan Carlos Sandberg. Ryan Sandberg. So there we have it. That's everybody. I think your team beats my team. Well, you, you know what? I'm, I'm going I'm to put this team into the show. We're going to simulate 162-game season and see where it goes. Both teams or my team? Both teams. We're going to see. We're going to see how it goes. Can you, can you do that? I'm, 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 I'm going to see. I'm going to see if I can right. take control of two teams and we'll go from there. We'll simulate this bad boy. All right. Good deal, man. So you want to run down your top five baseball movies since we're all uh, locked in the I house mean, and that's the only baseball we're going to get? <laughs> my top five baseball movies coming to number one, The Sandlot. I mean, Benny the Jet, the Nunez. Squint, yeah, yeah. Like, how could you forget those bad boys? Um, coming in at number two, we got Major League. Number three, a very, very underrated movie. Um, George Knox and his Angels in the Outfield. You got Mel Clark. You got Ranch Wilder. You got Matthew McConaughey making his baby face debut. Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing the kid who waves his arms. I mean, come on, that's that's a doozy. Coming in at number four is a uh, little big league and, and, and Bill Haywood. You got Lou Collins. You got Bowers. You got not Bill Haywood. You got that fat pitcher who rolls the dip up in his bubble gum. I mean, how could you forget that? And, and number five is actually a movie I just watched tonight with my folks. Um, a great, great closer by the name of, of Henry Henry Rosenbaga and Rookie of the Year with Chet the Rocket Stedman rounding out my top five. You got one in there that I hate that I, I hate that I didn't put the Sandlot on there because I do always stop and watch it. So this is it always does this to me when people are like, name your top five baseball movies. Like I always, I'm gonna be honest, I've never seen The Natural and I've never seen Baseball by Ken Burns. I'm a loser slash nerd. I'm not really All right, sure. My, my five are uh, Little Big League. Um, you talked about it already, but just. Loved that movie. Came out when I was a kid, and everybody wants to manage a big league baseball team, and the kid gets to in that movie. Uh, for love of the game, Kevin Cosner got a nice love chapel. Kid. Yeah, very. I feel like it's very accurately made, uh, which is omits oh, another really great movie that was accurately made. Sixty one. I did not put on here, but I, it's a hell of a movie. <laughs> the natural. The natural hey, Mary, was. Mary, you put next on this ball. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, the Natural with Robert Redford. Definitely watch it. Uh, all-time classic. And then I had to put Moneyball on there. Uh, 
extremely well-made Philip Seymour Hoffman, Brad Pitt. Like We actually saw that movie together. Did we? Did. Um, the little girl that sings a song in that movie, my daughter loves that song. And then, <laughs> like, so the last one is, is Baseball by Ken Burns. It's a documentary, which is like, there's nine innings, so every era of baseball is an inning. And I think every, I think it's an hour and a half or an hour, but takes you from the very beginning of the game up until I think he stops during the post-steroid era. And it talks about, he covers everything. And it's on Amazon. So if you haven't seen baseball by Ken, and like, I am a nerd, because once you watch it, you're going to be like, man, some of this is really boring. But, you know, baseball is my Star Trek. So, mm-hmm. I think you'll like it, and I and you definitely got to see you definitely got to see the national. But yeah, man, that's uh, that's my five. I wish that these movies were enough to tide me over. Like I'm sitting here, I've got some '86 playoff game with Michael Jordan on the TV where he scored 62 at the Boston Garden. Like they put Jordan's best games ever on Amazon. Like this is uh, this is like killing me to think that we might not have baseball for three months, but. We will pass the time with things like this. You got anything else? No, I mean, I mean, we we left out some great ones like the bench warmers. Like those are funny. You got you got the rookie. Think about the rookie with Dennis Quaid. Jimmy Moore. Jimmy Moore is another good one. Um, bench warmers, the rookie. Uh, Bad News Bears. I, I, I'm a I'm a. A big, big fan of uh, the remake of Bad News Bears with Billy Bob Thornton as, as Morris the Blade Buttermaker. I need to see the remake. These are all movies I don't like. If they're on, I don't turn them off. So you know they're they're left on at my place if they come on. But um, I'm trying, to, dude. I, how about how about Field of Dreams? How do you feel about it? It's been a while since I've seen that movie. It's been I never long, fell for it like most long. people. I'll tell you another great it's Bull Durham. Bull Durham's good. Uh, a little too much Susan Sarandon in that for me. A little, little too much of, of of two guys fighting over an ugly chick. But that being said, there is a documentary that I know some people that hear this will will know of. And if you can ever get your hands on it, I think you'll like it. It's called When It Was a Game, and I own it. It's a two disc set. And it's all this old film from back before there was, like, there wasn't sound. It was like basically this guy took these films of all the great ballplayers from the 50s, 60s, and 70s and put it on a DVD, you know, before the game got commercialized of how it is today. And that's the premise of the film. It's like when it was a game, it's an awesome. I watch it usually a day or two before opening day every year. It's got that feel good baseball feel so you can almost like smell the pine tar in the grass when you watch it mm-hmm. so yeah man you're gonna have to uh put these names in there and see how my squad does if it's possible i do think your team would absolutely destroy mine you you went with some of the real powerhouse names but uh i think we pretty much covered like the 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 20 something guys we selected we we covered some good ground there but Mm -hmm. well i will uh yeah we'll do this again soon um drop us a follow at 
Pintar Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Joey is at Cousin Joey with a Z as the S. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe. Give us five stars. You can also find us on Instagram, Spotify, other platforms of the like. You've been listening to Episode 9 of the Pine Tar Podcast, where we drafted our all-time teams. I'm Clint. Thanks to Cousin Joey for joining us tonight. Everybody have a great night. Thanks, you guys. See you soon. Later on, man. Yeah, so you thought we were done there? Not exactly. Real quick, this is a show about baseball. During the baseball season, it's going to always be about baseball. But I'm a purveyor of the truth. And I got to say, something that's been on my mind the last few days is Tom Hanks. All right? Hey, he was in for love of the game. He did not. That did not make our our top baseball movies. What in the world? For those of you that that don't know what's going on, you know, obviously Tom Hanks came out as like the third case of coronavirus and the first well-known celeb to come out. Okay, you know, nothing alarming there. Other than the fact he was, like, in Africa, and it just, I don't know, had a very weird feel to it. But as the times went on, Hanks, quote-unquote, H-A-N-X, tweeted today, Hey, folks, good news. One week after testing positive in self-isolations, the symptoms are much the same. No fever but the blahs. Folding the laundry and going doing the dishes leads to a nap on the couch. Bad news. My wife has won six straight hands of gin rummy and leads by 201 points. But I've learned not to spread my Vegemite so thick. I traveled here with a typewriter, one I used to love. We are all in this together. Flatten the curve. Hanks. And then there's a picture of a typewriter. Now keep in mind... This is all completely normal if you're a person that believes that a guy who's kind of like seemed to have lost his mind and gone wacko on us travels with a typewriter to Africa, right? Yeah, maybe Tom Hanks does that. Maybe he takes a typewriter everywhere, especially one he quote-unquote used to love. If you zoom in and look at the typewriter, it says Corona on it. Also, Madonna... Whatever you think of her, posted a similar thing. All right, uh, let's back up a minute. Let me just get straight to the point. What the fuck is going on here? It's completely weird. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, Honestly, uh, you know, this combined with the Oprah Winfrey stuff, and if you have been on Twitter a couple nights ago at midnight, it was trending that, Oprah Winfrey was busted in a child trafficking ring again. Of course, you hear that, and you think it's all an internet hoax, right? And that was my first thought. You know, first first I just thought Oprah had the coronavirus, you know. But no, I clicked on why her name was trending to see what I saw. Went to sleep, obviously a hoax. Well, I wake up, and, you know, some things are just don't add up, and... You know, when you take a look at Oprah, her Twitter, 
Her last 99 tweets have been from her iPhone, but Oprah, did she wake up that night and tweet from her iPhone? She did not. She tweeted, just got a phone call that my name is trending and being trolled for some awful fake thing. It's not true in all caps. Haven't been raided or arrested. Just sanitizing and self-distancing with the rest of the world. Stay safe, everybody. You know, and I know some people that listen to this will think, you know, hey, Oprah's the greatest person ever. You know, she helps so many people. You know, Oprah's got a lot of power and, like, more money than anyone in the world and more influence. And honestly, I don't know. But what I do know is her last 99 tweets were from her iPhone. And that tweet I just read was from a desktop computer. So even if that's not weird, right? If you look at Oprah, her timeline, she's got videos all over it. Her last nine tweets are videos, several taken from her iPhone, presumably. Wouldn't you at least, like, take a selfie, take a video, post a video message saying this? Instead of, you know, say, having your publicist or somebody who's not in any hot water, get on there and, you know, presumably type it from their computer? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. The Clinster thinks something stinks, and he always can smell when something stinks. And something rotten is in Denmark here, folks. This is not a baseball topic. This is a world topic. And I have not connected all the dots, but again, they don't line up well enough to be able to connect them. This is, there's some type of bullshittery going on here, and I don't know what it is. What I have learned in the past with cronyism is that if you do have enough money and enough power, laugh if you want to, but the simple truth of the matter is, you can cover it up. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if coronavirus is the cover scent to throw everyone off. Again, coronavirus is a very real thing. I spoke at the opening of this episode about it. But are these celebrities using it as some type of device to distract us from something they did? Also, today I'm told that three CEOs of Wells Fargo, Walmart, um, and another major retailer basically stepped down all three CEOs really weird um these are strange times so anyways something to keep your eye on if you are hip to the social media world it's something to also distract you a little bit from reading about you know the next latest case of coronavirus because you can't get away from it you know the latest on that is in the non-baseball world, there was like eight, nine new cases in the NBA today. I mean, 20% of that damn league probably has it. I don't know when we see basketball game, which became a good diversion for me, waiting for the baseball season to start. Little did I know I was drawing dead cards and, and drawing a dead deck. Wasn't going to get it. But like two Lakers have it, you know, what, four Detroit Pistons, they four Brooklyn Nets, of course, Rudy Gobert's fucking dumbass, and uh, Mitchell on the Utah Jazz. Um, 
I don't know when we're going to see the NBA again, but hey, I'm telling you right now, this Tom Hanks stuff does not add up, folks. Enough that if I if I am bringing it up, it's very is there this dude has left reality or something. I, I at the very least he's losing his damn mind from coronavirus. At the very worst, who knows? But you know, it reminds me a lot of people are gonna laugh when they hear this, but it reminds me a lot of when the Kevin Spacey, uh, another guy in, in Hollyweird when his allegations of, of molestation first came out, what did the guy do? Did he own it? No. He tweeted, I have been living as a gay man, right? That was what he did. He didn't say he did anything wrong. He got out ahead of it. What's what's Hanks maybe trying to do here? He's trying to get out ahead of something. I don't know what that is. I won't pretend to know what that is. But as a purveyor of the truth... If the truth is my brand, I have to mention these things. It is very, very weird. It reminds me of Kevin Spacey. And I, I tell you what, man. Tom Hanks is, is a very talented actor. I would say at one point, obviously, Forrest Gump changed my life. I throw those quotes at people. I still call one of my good friends Gump. That said, that is this is not the same Tom Hanks. Check the tweets out for yourself. If you don't think they're weird or, you know, maybe the guy's got a weird sense of humor, but he's got to get a new sense of humor or something because this is uh, some weird shit to say the least. So everybody be safe out there. Be hip. Keep your eye on this stuff. And next episode, unless extremely weird things happen, this will be discontinued, uh, but definitely was worth 10 minutes of my time. All right. Have a great night, everybody.